Bird fans forever. And you're listening to Bird fans forever. Go Bird! Go Bird! Go Bird! Hello fellow Redbirds, welcome to Bird Fans Forever podcast number 24. If you're new to our channel, you should check out our at Bird Fans Forever Twitter account and follow in order to get the first notice of new videos that we publish. You can follow along there also for information and fun polls. Our website is www.birdfansforever.com and on there you can find our links to all episodes of our podcast across a plethora of apps. Apple, Google, Spotify, and others, as well as a tab to access our videos on YouTube, where we're also called Bird Fans Forever. So dunk on the YouTube subscribe button and follow us on Twitter so you'll be the first to see new episodes and get other fun information from us. Our guest for today is Terry Smith, who was Redbird's coach from 1978 to 1985. We'll be right back with Terry. Welcome to welcome back to Bird Fans Forever. This is uh, January 2023. We took a two month break. I I decided to move from Arizona to Bloomington, so we are here with the man who recruited me, Coach Terry Smith. Coached uh, at ISU. Uh, I was the first uh, coaching class with Coach Donawald in 1978, and then he last ended in 1985, right before I came on the campus. Um, so, Coach, thank you for being on. Well, it's my pleasure. It's, uh, it's good to have an opportunity to talk about the good old days. Uh, they've been long past for, for some of us anyway, so uh, this is very refreshing for me. And awesome. And like I told Coach, I talked to him on Friday. You know, this we're recording this on Tuesday. Talking with Gerard and Sonny and the guys who I played with. They all wanted to pass along. Thank you for recruiting us to be members of the Redbirds. So I did tell him that, and I can tell him again, and that is awesome, right? And so, um, all right. So, Coach, first question, easy. It's like a slam dunk alley -oop. How did you get to ISU? Uh, yeah, you know, it's a, a really interesting story. First of all, uh, Bob Donawal was my high school basketball coach. So uh, he coached me when I was in high school. Um, and his first year was my senior year at, um, uh, at St. Joe High School in South Bend, Indiana. So he's my, he's my coach, and uh, I graduate. I go to, go to school in Iowa, finished uh, at a school in, in Annapolis, Indiana. And, uh, you know, we kept in touch uh, every once in a while. It wasn't like we talked uh, once a month or anything like that, but we did keep in touch. Uh, when I was in South Bend, I'd go by and, and see him and talk to him. Um, and then uh, when I graduated, I got into coaching. Uh, I was uh, I was pretty young coach. Uh, I started off at a junior high school and uh, moved to the high school ranks. I, I wasn't a head coach, but uh, I was an assistant on the high school level. And uh, when Bob got the job at Illinois State, uh, he happened to call me, and I, I was really surprised to hear from him. And then, he, you know, he said, uh, hey, I, I have an opening for uh, a part-time assistant coach. Is that something you'd be interested in? Uh, and I was kind of in shock at that time, you know, <laughs> <laughs> because I really didn't have 
that much of a, a, a coaching background at the time. Um, but one thing about Bob uh, that was really important is that uh, loyalty was was high uh, uh, on his man list. Um, and and I'd always been faithful to him, and he's he's a guy that always watches out for his players. And so I said, you know, I, I need to need to take this opportunity. Uh, so came over to Illinois State, and uh, I got lost on the way over. <laughs> I could have just cut over uh, 94, and I I went up. I was downtown Chicago. I didn't know where I was going. Of course, they didn't have <laughs> the maps at that time, you know. So. Right. Uh, so I finally made it here. Uh, he introduced me to the staff and everything, and uh, I wasn't making very much money, I, hardly any money at all. But it was just a, a fantastic opportunity to be associated with uh, with him for one, Donald, and then to be associated with a, a institution by Illinois State was really really important. But that that's basically how I got over here. That is awesome. All right. So we're going to roll into the next question. Another hard hitter coach. We were talking off air, right? Your responsibilities, right? Yeah. So what were you kind of responsible for? Uh, my responsibilities, because I was a, a part-time assistant, uh, generally were around campus dealing with the, with the kids. Um, I, I was involved in on-the-floor coaching. Uh, I was involved in organizational type things. Uh, one of the uh, my responsibilities was the summer basketball camp. Uh, Bob ran a summer basketball camp, and you should be aware of that since the, you were involved in the summer basketball camp. But I ran the whole camp. Um, I hired the coaches. I uh, assigned the coaches different responsibilities. Um, I organized the uh Inter, inter interleague games between the campers. Um, I did a whole whole ball of wax, and that was uh, boy, that was a handful right there. You know? It was. So we got to tell my story on that one. In 1983, I get invited to come down to the Illinois State camp. I think I'm being recruited by him, but I didn't really know. And I get into the three on three championship game, and. I didn't get a single call the entire game. Later, I'll find out I'm playing against Terry Smith. Same name, might be related. <laughs> and I played against Barry Johnson. So also, Pops is, they refer to him as Pops. So I'm playing against Coach Smith's kids in the championship game. Imagine why I can't get a call. But, uh, <laughs> but that's when Coach Smith and Coach Cunningham came up to me and started really talking about my grades and what I wanted to do in the future. And so Coach Cunningham always said that that was a big impact on them to see me go through that and the adversity that you guys were throwing at me unintentionally. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that was, the game was a great situation. And uh, just to throw in a, a, a funny story associated with the camp, in that I was in charge of the camp. Um, I had what they called uh, the uh, a special squad of students who were late. When they were late, I would put them on the chump squad, and they would be responsible for cleaning up different areas around around the camp. 
So we're in the middle of camp and we're coming back from lunch and whose kids are late? My own kids. So I ended up having to put my own kids on the chump squad. So it was just, that was just interesting. It was a little embarrassing, but interesting. So. Yeah, and so, and I know Barry because Barry played at Eastern Illinois with my teammate from high school. So I became good friends with Barry, especially after we played in Mackers and, and travel things. So, all right. So after your part-time assistant, then you become a full-time assistant. And then that is that when you kind of get into the recruiting wing of everything? And right. Uh, I'm more involved in recruiting and uh, scouting. Um, our responsibilities were on the floor. Our responsibilities involved uh, uh, making sure that we were familiar with the functions of teams that we played against. Uh, and then the recruiting was the big end of it. Uh, we tried to recruit uh, specific areas, but we, we would go outside the Illinois, Indiana area. Um, we would go to Ohio. Uh, we'd go to Michigan, the Detroit area. So uh, recruiting was, was was a big thing for us. Now, you have to understand when you're at an institution like Illinois State, uh, there are windows of opportunity in recruiting. Because kids come where they think they go, they're going to have an opportunity to play. And uh, that had a big impact on some of the kids that we brought in. But when those kids are demonstrating a, a a high level of ability and they're playing well against good competition, then uh, that scares off some people. So you have your ebbs and flow in, in recruiting at an institution like uh, like Illinois State, a mid, uh, mid-major mid type of uh, yeah. program. So but recruiting uh, was, was always interesting for us. We uh, Jim Platt, uh, who coached for us and later on uh, coached at DePaul, yeah. He was really good at organizing things, and uh, he had a tendency to uh, uh, to make sure that we followed up on individual players. We'd call like once a week. Uh, we'd go visit their games. Uh, I, I knew Chicago about the inside of my hand. <laughs> but it was uh, it was really enjoyable. Uh, I even had opportunities to, to take my wife with me to go recruiting, especially if it was in Chicago. It was a drive up and a drive back. Um, but as you know, recruiting was a lifeline for us. Uh, but it, it was not difficult to recruit for, for Bob because he was, and he was just such a, an honest uh, uh, coach who really cared about his players and made sure uh, that they were doing the things that they needed to do, not only to be successful on the basketball floor, but be successful in the classroom. Did, did yeah. it help when you, uh, you were an independent when you first got there, then you moved to the Missouri Valley Conference? Yes. Did it help when you went to a conference from a recruiting standpoint? Uh, I think it helped uh, once we started winning in the conference. <laughs> <laughs> So when we first got in, it was pretty difficult. We 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 had a good foundation of players, uh, and but the the Missouri Valley was really tough at that time. You know, you had Wichita State, you had Tulsa, 
you had Bradley, you had Southern, uh, Southern Illinois, you had New Mexico State, uh, you had Great. Drake, Indiana State. Uh, it was just, just a ton of competition. So, yeah, in the long run, I think it really did help us. Uh, and it put us in a better position to get to the tournament, uh, to the NCAA tournament. One of the exciting things that, that, that I retain is that I, I coached at Illinois State for seven years. Six of those seven years, we went to postseason games, uh, three NIT games and three NCAA games. So it was just a really exciting time for me. Yeah, and that's something I, I tell people, right? I got recruited, recruited heavy by Coach Smith and Coach Cunningham. Um, and the story I always like to tell, I was recruited by Michigan. I was recruited by Indiana, or Illinois and Indiana. Those programs all flew me to their campus. Uh, I went with my teammate Dave uh, Vance, who will go to Eastern and be teammates with Barry Johnson, uh, Terry's son. And uh, they flew me. But Illinois State, Coach Smith came up and got me on a Friday night and drove me down, and Coach Cunningham took me back. And, and you know, like Drod and Sonny and Ricky Johnson, and I talked to Lou about it, and they all said that was their – that was the linchpin, right? I mean, they got a chance to sit for two hours or three hours with – and build those relationships. And so – The coach, you know, you joined the staff. You were an uh, assistant coach at, the, at that point in time. Tell us about the relationships you had within the staff and then the relationship that you had to build with uh, the team that was there from uh, with Coach Smithson and how that evolved as well. Okay. Uh, first of all, uh, it, it, uh, all our relationships uh, started with Coach Donovan. Uh, he was just the type of person that uh, commanded and demanded respect, and uh, he demonstrated such a great deal of respect for his coaching staff and for his players. When I, when I think of Bob, um, I don't think there was anything more important to him than first, his family, second, his, his players, and thirdly, the university itself. Uh, he would do uh, a tremendous amount of sacrifices, make a tremendous amount of sacrifices for his players to, to make sure that they accomplished uh, the goals they set out for, not only on the basketball floor, but in the classroom. Uh, he was really organized relative to uh, study table, study to uh, as far as checking up on players, making sure they're doing the things they need to do. Uh, he, he was the type of guy that didn't leave anything to chance, uh, that, whether that was on, on the basketball floor or in the classroom. Uh, nothing was uh, was uh, by accident, uh, and and that that kind of spilled over into a staff. We, you know, we always had a great staff. Uh, Sam Scarridge was on board for for a while. Uh, he's deceased now, but he was uh, he was a real leader for us. He he helped bring us all together, uh, especially uh, Jimmy Platt and and myself and and Pat Cunningham. Uh, we, we just we just jailed under coach uh, Cunningham he was a like a statistician if, if you had any questions relative to mathematics or trying to figure something out he could do it uh, he just he just was amazing in that way and then 
uh, Jimmy Platt, he was he was an organizer. Uh, he'd make sure that we, we called we uh, recruits that we received recruits on a regular basis, uh, he, and he would have it all organized, all written down on a sheet of paper. I'd come in and he'd hand me my instructions, and I, I'd go to it. Uh, but we had a lot of a lot of respect for one another, uh, uh, and we each did our jobs. Uh, I, we would Jimmy and I would go recruiting. Now, I, I don't know if uh, John ever was involved in the Converse uh, All Star basketball camps during the <laughs> summer in Atlanta. So Jimmy and I were going to Atlanta to watch some players play down there. So we're riding in a car. And I I fall asleep, and so and we're just flying down the highway, and 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 I wake up, and I look over at Platt, and Platt has the the car uh, on cruise control at about seventy miles an hour. He's reading the newspaper. <laughs> He's reading the newspaper. I said, Platt, you're going seventy miles an hour reading the newspaper, and he said, Yeah, I do this all the time, you know. So it wasn't a big deal to him. So. It was just shocking to me. So I drove. It, it was a Tesla. You yeah. didn't realize it. <laughs> oh, it was. It was like it. It was horrifying to wake up and <laughs> watching the highway. So I, I, I drove all the way back from Atlanta. I said, "Hey, you're not gonna drive, man." <laughs> uh, it it may have been a little difficult for us. Um, I think Gene Smithson was the coach. Uh, he was, yeah. Bob yep. board, and they were used to a different style, a uh, different approach to the game. So it was not easy uh, with that group of players adjusting, getting them to do the things that, that we wanted them to do. Uh, but we had some really good players. There was Derek Mays and uh, Dale Yarborough was playing and uh, uh, with the seven-footer, I can't remember. Joe Galvin. Yeah, was playing. We had a good team. We ended up that year. I think we were uh, twenty and ten. Yeah, we went to the NIT that year. It was a, uh, it was a tough year for us. It was a tough year for the players. But by the end of the year, we we started to gel and uh, we we played pretty well. We played pretty well. But it was um, it wasn't an easy transition for them or for us, it's, especially being as assistants. Uh, it didn't seem like you had that much power. So we tried to give instruction. They look at us like we were crazy. So what? Is it? <laughs> <laughs> you know, but, but fortunately, you know, Bob would always back us up. Uh, he would always have our back and said, well, you do it my way or you don't play. That's, that's up to you. And, you know, basically they were good kids. They came through for us. They played well. Uh, and we had we had a successful year. So so during that transition, Coach Smithson, you know, he set you up, set you guys up right with an easy first game, right? We were talking about this off the air. So 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 the very first regular season game was against who? Uh, against Indiana State and Mr. It, Bird. Indiana State, <laughs> the the year they went to the Final Four, right? Right. Yeah. So. so so you want to talk about that game? And so, I mean, that'd be pretty uh, exciting having them come through, right? Very first game, at, and it was at Horton. Well, well, we played. 
I, I can't remember. I thought we played him at Indiana State, but it was it. I I wasn't that aware of who Larry Bird was. I mean, I I scouted him and everything, but maybe I didn't read all his clippings. So, <laughs> so uh, we had a kid by the name of uh, Farina, Rick Farina, and was guarding uh, uh, Larry Bird. So the score is tied. I mean, and we're getting down to the last seconds. It's their ball, and coach is telling Rick, said, "Rick, I want you on him. I want you." I want you in his jock strap, you know. I don't want him to be able to move. And so Rick was on him. Rick was hounding him, you know. Some way he caught the ball in the corner with about five seconds left on the clock. And he shoots a jump shot and he's fading out of bounds. Rick is hanging all over him. <laughs> Nothing but net. Oh, man. <laughs> and so, you know, we're we're just shocked after the game. And then uh, of course, then he goes so high in the draft, goes to the finals, the NCAA finals. He says, oh, yeah, I remember that guy. We played against him. <laughs> so it, it was amazing. But we played against so many good players in the Missouri Valley. It was just it was just really exciting being on that stand. So after the first year, uh, um what what year did you become like a, a full time assistant and get more involved with recruiting? And you want to talk about maybe a couple of the, the your first recruits? That they... um, man, you know, so long ago. I think I think I was part time assistant for two years, and then um, uh, one of the coaches, Sam Scarridge, got a head coaching job at a Division three team uh, school in... Uh, so let me jump in, Coach. Sam Scarridge Jr. was my roommate in college. So I know Coach Scarridge, who has passed away, but he went to um, uh, Bemidji State, uh, Division two up in Minnesota. Yeah, um, yeah, so. yeah. Uh, a great guy. And so when he left, uh, of course, I moved up and uh, took on a full-time position. Uh, the coordinator, uh, our recruiting coordinator, is still Jimmy Platt. He, he was still coordinating it, and um, he also moved Pat Cunningham up. Uh, he was a part-time assistant after I was a part-time assistant, but uh, I think we both got moved up at the same time. He, and we and we had a very close staff. We were we were all really close. It, it was a it was a lot of fun. I mean, it was a family atmosphere. The, the one thing that I don't think people quite understand is coaching at, at that level requires an all-in attitude. It, it, it's not a part-time position. It's not something that it's something that you do all the time. It's, you, there is no time off. You're recruiting. If you're not recruiting, you're planning. If you're not planning, you're watching film. There is so much involved in Division One major athletics that it calls for a full-time commitment. And when I say full-time commitment, I don't mean eight hours a day. I mean full-time as far as your life is concerned. And so I, I think, I think that's what separated me from maybe some of the other coaches. Um, I was missing so much of my family activity, 
I was missing my boys playing basketball. I was missing going to school. I'd get home at night. They'd already be in the bed. I'd be gone in the morning when they get up. Um, it was my decision that I didn't think that I wanted to live my life that way forever. So right, right. I think I think that's why I stepped away. Uh, do I do I regret it? Sometimes I do, but for the most part, uh, I've really enjoyed like spending time with my kids, my grandkids, and um, that is has been a dominating part of my life. Not yeah. everybody can be a can be a, a, a division one level coach, a head coach or assistant. Right, it is right. really demanding. So, Coach, you were talking about when you asked you what your first recruit was, and I was sitting next to Dale White at the Horton game, and he claims he's your guy's first recruit. So, Dale, I don't know if he is or isn't. Dale White was the first recruit um, when when Bob came over uh, to Illinois to Illinois State. He had been recruiting Dale White for Indiana. Oh, really? Uh, Indiana had decided not to take him, so Bob had followed up in, in on that situation, and uh, we ended up getting Dale White, who ended up being a really good player for us. It was kind of tough on Dale, too, because he was like one of the few uh, Bob Donawald recruits in that class. So, oh, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, he – he would hear all the negative conversations about how crazy Donald is, and <laughs> you know. So, uh, but he ended up being a pretty good player for us. So, coach, next question: recruiting, right? We know the our version, Illinois State's version of the Fab Four, right? Ricky, Michael, Lou, and Brad, but. Even the ones coming before that, all the guys I watched tape of when I came in as a freshman. Hank the Tank, Lou, Mark Zwart, you know, um, William Anderson, Derek Sanders, all those. So talk about recruiting that class and going to the tournament for uh, three straight years in a row, right? You've talked about being in the NIT three times. Let's talk about the big dance. Right, right. Um, just, just exciting times. and There were fundamental uh, uh, contributions made by – uh, people like uh, Rick Lamb and uh, Hank Cornley and uh, you say William Anderson. You know, William never started the game, but, uh, you know, he, he contributed, especially in practice, challenging uh, uh, different players, different guards on the floor. Uh, Michael McKinney, who was uh, just an outstanding guard for us. Uh, the one thing that I, I think runs true about all of those players, and and you would be included in this, and you know, you. I'm I'm not just saying that, but because <laughs> you're on our podcast, <laughs> you can pay me later. <laughs> <laughs> there there was a uh, there was a degree of toughness about the kids that we recruited. Every kid that we recruited and contributed to. Uh, our success was tough, tough-minded, uh, not mean tough, but stand up against any challenge, uh, was never afraid to, to face competition, uh, thrived on that competition, did the same thing in practice. 
our practices were brutal. Um, uh, I mean, guys would, you know, they would get thrown on the floor and they, you know, the coach would say, get up, get up, you know, let's play, you know. Uh, foul, you'd foul guys and they, one of the things that we really emphasized was follow through. I mean, if you're getting banged under the boards and, and you got an opportunity for a layup, put the ball in the basket. You know, it, our, our, kids were, our kids were tough. Uh, we played against a lot of people who had more talent than we did. And uh, just that, that toughness, that, that desire to win, uh, and sticking to the game plan is is what got us through so many types of situations. Um, you know, I, I can think of when we played in a tournament against Oklahoma. Uh, I'm sorry, against Alabama. Boy, we played Oklahoma, too. That didn't go too Yeah, you well. did play. <laughs> 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 so uh, we're, we're playing Alabama, and Alabama is favored to just wax us. But, you know, and Lou Simonovich, he just played a heck of a ball game. I mean, under pressure, shooting shooting shots, and and then uh, uh, Brad, and he just the kids that we had just were ter- determined that they were going to complete their assigned responsibility, and they, I'm telling you, and they did. Uh, Hank Cornley, he probably. He had trouble shooting the ball from outside of 15 feet. But inside of 15 feet, Hank Cornley was a beast. Uh, he was a big body kid. Uh, I'll tell you another kid, that uh, Ray Mullane. Uh, oh, Ray Mullane. Totally forgot about Ray, yeah. Uh, uh, he, he was just tough. He, he came out of Gary. Gary worked, I think. Um, and would have been probably, I think, one of our most productive players. But uh, I think he broke his ankle. He just never recovered completely from that broken ankle. Uh, but the excitement and the toughness was a result of the head coach. It was a result of who uh, Bob Donawad was. And Bob Donawad made me tough. I didn't even want to be tough. <laughs> uh, and, and the same is true for the other people on our staff. Uh, Bob would challenge us every day to be better than we were the previous day. And not only us, but every player on that team, he would challenge. Uh, he, he wasn't an easy guy to play for, but, but at the end of the day, you knew that, that he cared about you and that he was going to do everything he could to make sure that you were successful uh, on the court and in the classroom. Now, I probably got off base. I probably didn't answer any of you. <laughs> no, no, it's fine. No, that, that was a great answer. But, but you great know, I think answer. if we talk about that toughness, right, and you look at those three opening round games, okay, and I, I know we lost the Ohio game, but we that before the, the game-winning shot, ISU went down, right? right. And, and, and we made a game-tying shot. I believe it was, it was not, Ray, Raymond Mullane hit that shot, right? On the on that baseline, about twelve, fourteen footer. Was it him who hit that? As we'll have I to check. Uh, who hit the shot to get us up one with about three or four seconds to go? Was it Ray? I, it might have been Ray. I'll put the. It we'll may, put the. 
we'll put the video up and show it at that point. But yeah. But but there there there's a a a tough shot right there. The next year we we we're playing uh, um, Alabama, right? And, and right. Lou hits the shot. Okay. Right. The 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 third year opening round USC back and forth game and and we, and we win a very close game there too. So, I mean, I think that's the mental toughness that you're you're, you're talking about. Oh yeah, exactly, exactly. And and the, they weren't afraid to take big shots. Uh, Brad Duncan is another kid that comes to mind. I mean, uh, Brad Duncan doesn't look like a basketball player or didn't look like a basketball <laughs> player, but that kid was so tough. Um, I think he was out of Anderson, Anderson, Indiana. Yeah. I think, was he? I don't remember. We'd have to look that up. And, and there was no three-point line. We, right. We've talked about this. And he's like bombing them. Oh yeah, <laughs> just just like there's no Google Map, there was no three point line back. Yeah. <laughs> so, but you know, but it, it's just it, uh, I tell you what, a good example is we lost Ohio. It was a heartbreaking game, and we go in the locker room, and my expectation is that that uh, Coach Donna Wald is going, hey, you know, you guys had a really great season. We played well. We didn't finish what we needed to do, uh, but you had a great year. Are you kidding me? And he went. He was in that locker room and he blistered everybody, coaches, players, <laughs> everything. And now his now his thought was not here and now. His thought was next year. That I need these kids to be tough. They in this situation. But next year they may face it again. They need to be tough in order to survive it. I mean, he was thinking ahead, and I'm I'm in shock. I, you know, <laughs> I was hiding. <laughs> so, but but as far as as our kids were concerned in recruiting and 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 uh, the challenges they face uh, physically, they weren't well equipped. But mentally, they were ready. They were always ready to play. So when I look at those teams too, but I think they complemented each other as well. So, you know, Brad provides this outside shooting, which opens up the middle. You you got the guys inside that can bang. You know, Michael McKinney, and I, I know I'm biased in this because he's a point guard when we were there. I thought he he just he ran the show. You, you know what I mean? And, oh, and yeah. then. You got Ricky, he's quick, explosive, you know, and, and defensively, you know, got the big plays and stuff like that. And then Lou's got this sweet shot, you know, and you put all the pieces together and maybe individually you didn't have the same talent, but I think they complemented each other as well uh, um, from that standpoint, as well as being mentally tough, the pieces fit, you know, very well. You bring up a good point and, and, uh, to expound on that point, not only were, did they have individual talent and skills, they were aware of what their talents and skills were and when they needed to be used. And not only individually were they aware, but you, they had a, a team perspective. And they knew when that ball needed to go to Lou. They knew when it needed to go to Brad. They knew when it needed to go inside to Rick Lamb. Uh, it, it just was a consciousness uh, of 
of perfection that Donna Wald instilled in them. And if they needed the ball to go inside, it went inside. Uh, you didn't see anybody taking uh, shots from from three and nobody else touched the ball. Uh, we had a concept where uh, there's no shot until uh, uh, before four touches. Uh, the other concept, the ball has to go into the post twice before you shoot the ball. Uh, you know, it just it's it's it set the tempo. It's it set a frame of mind for how we wanted to attack different offenses. Di- um, excuse me, a different defense. So, 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 so this is this is this is fun, man. I'm doing <laughs> <laughs> the coach again. <laughs> So, so you go to the NCAA three years in a row, right? And and you right. kind of hit on this that that that's when you you decided to retire, right? And you talked about for family purpose. How hard was that? I mean, you guys had built something. I mean, at, at that point, and, and uh, um, you know, the Redbird Arena is announced, right? So so you know that's coming and stuff like that. I mean, that had to be hard still to s- step down at that at that point in time. Yeah, yeah, it w- it was difficult. But I understood, and I think I think Bob understood too, that I wasn't all in. And if, if you're if, for Bob, if you're not all in, you're not in. Period. And and I knew that, and I knew what Bob's line of thinking was. And my heart just wasn't where it needed to be. And yeah. for me to stay would have probably been more detrimental than than my leaving. So I'm I'm glad you told us that because actually I thought it was because Pemberton was coming the next year and you wanted to get out of Dodge before before he showed up. (laughs) But it has nothing to do with that then. Yeah, I didn't want to mention that. (laughs) All right, so we we talked about this before. We we have to talk about this, okay? We got to talk about the John Pemberton recruitment from the from the coaching standpoint. Well, uh, uh, it it was really beneficial for us that uh, that he came to camp. Uh, it gave us uh, more of an insight to who he was, not only as a player but as a person. Uh, gave us gave us an opportunity to talk, to realize what kind of fit he would make, um, and Bob just loved big bodies, you know. Yeah. So, <laughs> And, and and he was a big body. I mean, there and and he still could, he could, he could step in. He could step in at fifteen feet and, and shoot the ball. So that was that was a plus. But he could also play with his back to the basket. Uh, and in the Missouri Valley, you had to be able to do both. And, yeah. And and he could do both. And then he was uh, he was a fit because of the person that he was because of his personality, because of uh, the priorities that he has set in his life, because it wasn't just basketball. It was also an education. You know, all of those things uh, were things that we focused on. And he just, he just fit that image of an Illinois state basketball player at that time. We appreciate that. Very kind words. All right. So, Coach, this is where we start to wrap it up. So, 
Any final statements, thoughts you want to give us here before we wrap the episode 24 up? Well, uh, the only thing that I would say is that, uh, you know, I'm just really thankful for the opportunity to be a part of uh, uh, Illinois State basketball history. Uh, I'm really happy that uh, I was able to coach under Bob Donahue because he has impacted my life. as much off the floor as he did on the floor, uh, not only as my coach, but as a friend, uh, and the work ethic that he instilled in me. Uh, one thing you 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 couldn't be late for anything with Donald. <laughs> so we would have meetings at his house, and I'd be sitting up in the car half an hour before the meeting. <laughs> <laughs> Just to make sure I wasn't late, you know. But instilling that into me has this carryover into my life now. And I'm never late for anything unless my wife makes me late. <laughs> <laughs> but otherwise, I'm on time. And, and you know, it's just my life has been positively influenced by my experience with uh, Bob Donald in Illinois State. And... uh I want to say, too, about Bob, that for me, the most important thing for him was his family. The second was his players. And the third was his coaching staff in Illinois State University itself. Uh, I think he would have done anything for the university. So, and it was a pleasure coaching under him. Oh, that is awesome, Coach. And, again, like I said earlier, from the guys you recruited, my teammates, Sonny, Gerard, Ricky, Randy, you know, we want to say thank you for giving us the opportunity uh, to be Redbirds, and it's such a gift, and uh, love it. So with that, before I start crying, with that, episode 24 with Coach Terry Smith, this is a wrap. Hit it, Mr. Engineer. We got clapping. Yes.